Hey coach, and welcome back to the Zero to Full Time Christian Entrepreneur Podcast. On today's episode, I have the privilege of talking with faith-based business coach on Instagram, Molly Cole, all about faith-based selling as a Christian coach, finding your identity in Christ instead of your business, and building a kingdom business that honors the Lord instead of serving the world. We also dive into those icky feelings of shame and guilt that are oh so common for Christian entrepreneurs to feel when it comes to selling our offers and products online. It is all inside of episode 32 of the Zero to Full Time Christian Entrepreneur. Let's do it. Hey friend, and welcome to the Zero to Full Time Christian Entrepreneur Podcast, where we dive deep into all things faith, online courses, coaching, and how to make money from home on Instagram. I'm your host, Cami Wilkie, unapologetic follower of Jesus, wife, dog mom, and your faith-based business coach. If you are tired of your nine to five job, living paycheck to paycheck, and you're ready to go full time as an online coach and course creator on Instagram, then you are in the right place. Buckle up and get ready for business building tips, social media hacks, and a whole lot of Jesus. Let's get to work. guys, I am so excited to introduce to you on my podcast, Molly Cole. She has been in the coaching space for a long time. She is definitely an expert when it comes to building a business and not just any business, but a faith-based business. She has had so much success. I'm excited for you guys to meet her. Molly, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm so excited. I, you know, I remember when you followed me, it was a couple months back and I was, it was the only other coach that I'd ever seen do specifically faith-based coaching as well. You know, I've seen, I've seen Christian business coaches, but like, I remember you, it was specifically faith-based business coaching. I was like, oh my gosh, we have to be immediate friends. (laughs) Yeah. It was good. It was good. Well, Molly, could you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Just tell them, you know, who you are, what you do, how can they connect with you? Who are the people that you serve in the online space? Yeah, so I actually came from the new age and faith-based coaching is actually something that's quite new to me. So I had grown my business uh, quite successfully in the new age in a more spiritual space and in the once I found Jesus, I actually pivoted my business over the past two years to a more business online coaching space and digital marketing and Instagram growth and helping other service-based entrepreneurs with those types of things with their social media, building online courses and attracting clients online. And, you know, when I first, when Jesus first found me, I should say, I was really conflicted if I should go full faith base, but I was still really new in my faith. And I, you know, had a few scriptures shared with me and had some wise counsel. And I was really guided by God and the Holy Spirit to wait on that and not to jump right into that. And I'm really happy I did because I've really matured so much in my faith and still have a long way to go, of course. Um, But yeah, like I recently 
probably about five weeks ago, actually, um, and hasn't actually been that long. And uh, I really felt the Holy Spirit guide me to create a faith-based channel. And a lot of the women that I've been talking to, I started sharing my faith on my other Instagram page. Um, And a lot of women, you know, that I've been talking to are faith-based and really struggle with money mindset, really struggle with sales and really struggle with a lot of things that I used to struggle with when I was in the new age. (laughs) And, you know, I really felt God's calling to use these gifts that I had learned in the online coaching space, specifically to help faith-based women and be able to incorporate scripture and incorporate, um, you know, their faith within their business and really build it with God instead of just building it for the world. So yeah, that's a little bit about the transition. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And I had this moment, like when I, I shifted from fitness coaching to business coaching, I I remember thinking, I don't see anybody. I'm sure there were people doing it. I just wasn't seeing them do it. Um, Blend faith and business. And it was this thing that I saw a lot of people keep separate. Like there were there were Christian accounts and there were business coaching accounts, but I didn't see a whole lot of people bringing them, them together. And that was one of like the specifics that I remember when the Lord gave me the assignment of go start the business or actually kind of rebrand the business because I was a fitness coach. Um, and he said, bring me into the coaching space. And so... I love seeing, I feel like there's this, been this wave. Have you noticed it? There's been like a wave of coaches that came have come from like a variety of backgrounds and all of a sudden it's like heart on fire for Jesus. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was one of them and I was definitely influenced by very established leaders in the coaching space who, you know, I had this like tingling in my heart for Jesus and my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time, had actually found Christ and, or Christ found him, I should say. And, (laughs) and, uh, you know, I started to see some of these leaders that I had looked up to, you know, and had built their business in a more new age, spiritual coaching type of space, all of a sudden go red hot for Jesus, you know? And it really encouraged me because I was in the same place where I was kind of on the fence and wasn't sure if I could really trust it. And then seeing these other people having similar experiences to me, I, you know, really gave my heart to the Lord. I was like, okay, like, let's do this, you know? So there's definitely been like a huge wave of people for sure. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that story. I, and I was talking about this on my Instagram story last week, how I've noticed a wave, yes, in the coaching space, but also in other industries as well. And there's a girl I follow on Instagram, Jessica Torres. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. Jessica, if you ever listen to this, I apologize if I just said your last name wrong. But anyway, I saw her talk about on her Instagram story, how God is building his army. And I thought, what a perfect way to depict what I what I truly believe is is what God's doing right now is is just people are awakening up. They are they're they're the veil is being lifted over their eyes. The light is turning on. And I had a similar experience to that. I I 
have been a Christian or a believer for as long as I can remember, but I was, I was lukewarm there, like the definition of lukewarm, like believed in Jesus, prayed, and that's just about it. Didn't really pursue him. And, um, the Lord turned the lights on for me even because, you know, we know what scripture says about being lukewarm that like, we can't, we can't be lukewarm. And so that was like a, um, a holy smack in the face, if you will, where in 2020, when God's like, Cammy, you have to live, like, come on, you, you got to be all in. So I just love seeing people transform. I think it is one of the most impactful things that I've ever witnessed. And it's literally God on the move. So it's just so cool. Like in the midst of a world that is a hot mess, people are coming to Jesus. People, God is so at work. So I love saying that. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And, you know, one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show and, and we were planning out this, this podcast episode last week and we're like, you know, how can we, what kind of conversation can we bring to the table that, that of course is, of course is faith-based, of course is business as well, business rooted. And what are faith-based entrepreneurs struggling with right now? And we came to the topic of selling, which I think is so appropriate because selling is something that you excel in, in your business. And so I'm so excited to, to have you talk about that. Um, I, I was like, you know, very, in a, not a weird way, I was stalking you on your Instagram and just like looking through <laughs> both of your pages and you've had so much success in this space that I'm so excited to, to gather that insight from like a biblical perspective. And what does selling look like for you now? Um, and I'll just pause here and say that today, actually, people won't be listening to this until, um, you know, a little in the future. But today, I actually released my free training of seven steps to become booked out with high ticket one-on-one coaching clients. And in there, we go through selling and we talk about faith. We talk about, you know, receiving God's vision over your business and how it has to start there. So we, we talk about selling. So I just think that this is so beautifully timed. But that being said, Molly, what is your observation of what we're seeing in the coaching space when it comes to faith-based women who have coaching businesses or other types of service-based businesses? And then we come to the struggle of selling. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Selling is a really big thing that a lot of faith-based women have a struggle with because you know we don't especially if we're openly talking about our faith it feels strange to monetize off of Jesus almost you know what I mean and you know I think that selling we've had such negative experiences with being sold to in so many different ways where we've been manipulated, where we bought things that maybe we bought them out of lust or we bought them, you know, out of envy or we bought them to like fill a void or something. And a lot of marketing tactics actually in the world space actually play upon those things and will make you want and need certain things when you know we know as faith-based women that we don't actually need those things to be fulfilled or be happy because we already have fulfillment in Jesus so it can be kind of confusing because a lot of really big sales tactics and marketing tactics are built on those worldly foundations a lot of them are built on sin you know what I mean (laughs) making us like get trapped in sin 
and purchasing things that we don't actually need. So I know for me that when I was in the new age and I had to work on my money mindset and I had to step into sales, I had to do a lot of mindset work and reframing. And then it was kind of interesting because when I came to Jesus, I had to do the same thing, but in a more biblical sense and actually be okay that I have a service that can help people and it's going to add value to their lives and trusting that God's in control too, you know, and if this person's meant to work with me, they will, God's the one that's going to allow it, but also being bold as well in that, you know, having accountability or having the tools to support you, you know, is going to help a lot better than doing it on your own. And, you know, it's been, it's been a strange journey, even for me, like realizing that when I was in the new age, how I was using more lust based marketing tactics and seeing that very strongly in the coaching space as well and really being super repelled once you have the holy spirit you're like nah (laughs) i don't want to go near that you know (laughs) and um you know having to repent from using those in the past and asking god for guidance and really the best thing i would say is just honoring you know how valuable the service that you provide is and adding value to other people's lives. And, you know, I think these types of methods and a more integrity with our faith, they might, sometimes they might take a bit longer. They might, you know what I mean? But it's calling us to have patience to really sow the field, you know, versus trying to get all these sales in, you know, and then they're not actually built on a strong foundation. It's built on things that aren't actually in integrity with our values, you know? So I think, I think face-based women are skeptical of using a lot of these marketing tactics because it's rampant in the world of business. But the thing is, is that we can build a business in a kingdom way, in a way that's going to be in integrity with our values, be in integrity with God and, you know, not be based off of this manipulation or lust or, or any of these things that are going to lead us astray. Yeah, absolutely. Can you give us an example of like, what is maybe one of the most common, like sin, sin, um, what's the right word? Like sin derived marketing tactic or a luck, a lustful marketing tactic. What, what's a common one that you are seeing in this space yeah i think there's you know one thing that i see a lot that i've really noticed i used to do this like i used to do this because i took courses from people that do this themselves and it, it does work but i feel like it works in the world and it works <laughs> to be bold it works for satan right it doesn't work for jesus if we're not working for jesus like we're working for the world mm-hmm. and a lot of it is where we build ourselves up as like a leader where people want to be like us but as faith-based leaders if we're personal brands we need to guide people or even like encourage people to be more like Jesus, like it's not about us. And I think what happens that I see is where people 
even people who are not believers um, will like identify with their business and will feel the trap of that. I actually, so I do coaching for believers and non-believers. I have different programs and containers for each. And I, I see like the negative effects that it has on some of these young, like blooming entrepreneurs where they can't separate their business from themselves. And that was actually a huge breaking point for me. So when I was in the, was not a believer and I was building my business, I really identified with my results and I really made it like, like when I had really booming results, it meant like I was, (laughs) you know, it like meant something about me and it kind of became a major struggle to separate myself from my business and what happens when we identify with our business or we put these elements of freedom and security and glory in our business versus god then our business actually becomes idolatry and a lot there's a lot a lot of idolatry with personal brands and with coaches in the industry where we look to them for support first before God. And I think that there's a lot of value in, you know, service-based entrepreneurs, in coaches, in all of these things. But as as faith-based women, we have to be really careful that we're always seeking God first. We're always giving him our first fruits and also receiving support. Cause I even went through a period of time where I was like, oh my goodness, like, should I even be a coach? Should I even be in this industry? Like, I feel like there's so much idolatry. I feel like there's so much, all this stuff. But then I was like, God was really calling me to stay put and to stay here and like to receive benefit from, from some of these people, you know what I mean? And I did, and I really received support, but I have to make sure that I keep God as number one and that I educate myself in the word and that I get strong spiritual guidance from other believers too, so that I'm not unequally yoked in that way. So I think, I think that's a huge thing. And it's, it's a trap with social media too. (laughs) I know I'm going on a little bit of a rampage with this. No, you're good. You're good. (laughs) Keep going. This is good stuff. I've had a lot of education on some of the negative implications that social media can have because when I grew my following to over 20,000 people, um, I noticed some of the negative effects and my husband actually purchased this book for me called Digital Minimalism and it talks all about, it's very transparent from people that have worked in Facebook and Instagram around some of the negative effects that it can have. And it's an amazing tool that it can have for our business, right? Like we can work location free, which is awesome, especially, you know, for, you know, during these times, but it can have negative effects where we seek that if we're not careful and we're not aware of it, we can really seek that gratification and like the dopamine hits from all of the likes and, things like that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's can be quite challenging on your mental health. And then what can happen is that we, you know, it, we can be programmed to be addicted to that and keep wanting to build ourselves up and everything. So we have to, again, remember that it's not about 
us is not about, you know, how many likes we get, <laughs> you know, it's about building a service and building something that can help people and add value to people's lives and making it separate, you know, so that is, we're not identifying with business, especially as faith-based women, because our identity is in Jesus. Right. So hopefully that. <laughs> right. No, that was really yeah. good. There's a couple, there's probably like three things I really wanted to hit on that you, that you just mentioned. The first one being when we as entrepreneurs, it's easy to attach ourselves to our business and to find our identity in our business. Like I want to speak to people in realizing like that's actually a very easy thing to do. And it's actually much harder to because our our flesh wants to find identity in earthly things so if you are a faith-based entrepreneur listening to this please don't feel shameful um it's something to be aware of and ask the lord to help you shift your heart posture but recognize that like i i've been like a faith-based coach for like a hot minute it's you know not not for years and years and years but for a hot minute and i still the lord still comes to me and is like Hi, um, I was the one that gave you the assignment and please do not lose the lose sight of the fact that you are to worship me and not the assignment in itself. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but it's something that I think that we have to continually go back and renew our mind every single day. And one of the ways that I think that we can practically do that, because I'm all about practicals. How can we practically put this into play is before you even open your laptop, before you open up the Instagram app at all in the morning or afternoon, whenever you're going to start working, make sure that you have spent intentional, intimate time with the Lord and ask him to like reveal things in your heart that are not of him. Ask him to guide you in every single every single word you say on your Instagram today, every post you make, every every word that comes out when you're coaching your clients, every single thing, let it be glorifying to him. And I think that that is foundational that we start our days with the Holy Spirit, not only because biblical scripture tells us to like in the morning, give me Jesus, but that if we really are set on building a business that is on the foundation of Christ, and we then Christ is a non-negotiable. Like we cannot build a kingdom business without Jesus. So we have to go to him. We have to go to him first and we have to go to him continually every single day. So that was the first thing that I love that you said um, that, you know, and we can, a side effect, if you will, uh, like you were saying of how, how do I know if I'm finding my identity in my business or if I'm finding my identity in Christ? Well, when there's ebbs and flows in your business, how does that affect your perspective? How does that affect your mood? How does that affect yeah. the way that you that we treat our husband? And how, how does that affect the way that we show up in other areas of our life? And if I find myself getting snappy at Luke because I didn't make a sale in my business, then that's yeah. like, those are little red flags that yeah. hey, yes. it might be time to do some dissecting here. Go to the Lord, have him shine a light on your heart again. Um, other things is... If you feel like you are on a mount on like a roller coaster of emotions with your business constantly and you have these extreme highs and these extreme lows, that's another side effect of finding your identity in your in your business and not in Christ. Because if we are if our identity is in Christ, we're gonna be consistent. Like we're gonna be like 
you know, pretty even keel here. You know, yes, you know, yeah. we may have harder days or, or days where we really, really want to celebrate, but like we are not second guessing our purpose. We're not second guessing our identity with the ebbs and flows in our business. Um, yeah. So I think that it's, imp- you know, the Lord gives us an assignment. I, that's, that's what I told my clients all the time. Like when God told me to start the business, I truly believe that, that he was handing me an assignment. Here's your yeah. assignment, Cameron. And I think it is easy for us to worship the assignment rather than the one who gave us the assignment. And that's where I think we have to shift our heart posture there. Amen. Yes. That's a really good perspective. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the other things I wanted to hit on that you were saying is when it comes to profiting off of an assignment that God gave you, number one, I want to say that you know, the gospel is free and it should remain free. There's a reason why churches do not collect a fee when you walk through the door. Like, and if, please, if your church is collecting a fee for you to walk through the door and hear the sermon, that's a red flag sign to find a new church. (laughs) The gospel needs to be free. There is a huge difference between charging to tell people about Jesus and charging people for the service that God told you to provide. There's a difference there. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of Christians sometimes get nervous that other people are going to perceive that we are charging for the gospel. And I'm not saying that there aren't some some people out there that that are doing that. I'm sure, you know, we live in a fallen world. I'm sure that there are people out there that that are actually charging for the gospel. But if you are a faith-based entrepreneur and the Lord told you to start a coaching business per se, and you are charging for that and alongside of that telling people about Jesus you have to understand that 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 is not the same thing as charging for the gospel it's it's Mm -hmm. so different um and so uh you know I I know we're gonna get into some practicals here around you know questions to ask ourselves when it comes to sales and faith um but those were some really amazing things that I thought that you hit on that I wanted to kind of comment on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to say, I definitely yeah. agree with you. I don't think we should be charging for the gospel. The gospel is meant to be preached to the nations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah. that is, that is our number one purpose. That is our number one, uh, like thing that we should be doing and focusing on is sharing the good news. Right. Uh, but I think that, one thing that I really struggled with in this in-between transition phase was the difference between ministry and business. Like, do I want to start a ministry or do I want to start a business? And, you know, if you are a faith-based entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that you need to use your business as a ministry, you know, but it can mean that you know, maybe you have a Christian target market. Maybe you don't have a Christian target market. And that is an amazing opportunity because then you're in front of a lot of people that aren't believers and maybe some questions will come up, you know, maybe some really cool conversations will come out of that, you know? And I know for me, before I was saved, there were so many Christians that I met that, you know, once Jesus really came from my heart, having those positive experiences with Christians where they were just different, you know, like it says in the Bible, like they were different and they really showed me what it's like to be a Christian and having that in the back of my mind, I still remember when one of my friends invited me 
to dinner into his home <laughs> and hanging out with all of these these Christians and they were like the most loving, nice, generous people that I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And they, they actually did look different. And I was in the new age and I was drinking green juice and I was doing energy healing and all my new age friends looked different than a lot of people in the world because they were all into healthy things, <laughs> you know, but then these Christians, they weren't great drinking green juice. They weren't doing energy healing. They weren't doing any of that, but they had the Holy Spirit and they looked different. And that just really encouraged me. I still have that memory ingrained in my mind because, you know, that really showed me something. I was like, there's something here. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but yeah. there's something here and there's something different about mm -hmm about this you know and then god revealed that to me that was 10 years before i actually gave my life to christ um but i still like that was very impactful just hanging with them you know so yeah, you never know what type of positive influence you can have on people's lives you know if you share that you're a christian it doesn't mean that your business needs to be all about jesus all the time like it's a business right um but there's, there's cool things that can happen in that. So, <laughs> right. I, I love what you said there. And, you know, here's the other thing I wanted to mention is, you know, God has different assignments for different people. I truly believe that he created every single person on this earth with an intention and for a purpose. Now, not every single person on this earth clearly has given their heart to Jesus. Therefore, not necessarily, not, not every person on this earth is going to accept and carry out the assignment that God has called them to do. Not every person is going to run the race that God called them to run. However, if we are Christians and we have had our eyes open to Jesus, we've, we've submitted our hearts to them or to him. And we have, he's given us this assignment of our business. It is disobedient to not follow through with that. Mm -hmm. And even delayed obedience is disobedience. And so the, the number one thing that I want to point out to listeners here is that I am not your source of wisdom. Molly is not your source of wisdom on this topic. The Holy Spirit is the source of wisdom on this topic. And if he gave you the business, he already has the business plan figured out. He already has the, yes. the clients ready to go for you. He already knows the pathway to your business being the business that he called it to be. So I want to caution people. There is this, and then we're going to get into, you know, the practicals guys. I, I promise that's coming, but I think this is important. <laughs> um, Molly was saying earlier that mentorship is important. It is, you know, I, I believe that, you know, we, we can come in together in community with other people. And the, the Bible says to seek wise counsel. It is important for us to understand that the difference between wisdom and knowledge, it didn't say to seek knowledgeable counsel. It says to seek wise counsel. And the Bible says in Proverbs that there is only one source of wisdom, and that is the Holy Spirit. That being said, I'm about to say something really polarizing here. But as a believer for myself, a conviction that the Lord has given me is to not hire another coach in my life that is not a Christian and not because I'm trying to be up on my high horse, not because I'm trying to think well, I'm better than, than other people No, but because I don't want to be led by somebody who is in the dark. 
And if mm. what I'm really seeking is wisdom, I'm not going to find that from somebody who is disconnected from the Holy Spirit because there is only one source of wisdom. So that I'm not saying that that's the conviction the Lord has gave you. That's what he's given me. And that is something that I need to stick with. Now, I have had some amazing mentors that that, you know, before I really you know turned my life over to Christ, I, I worked with them. I hired them and, and they're great, amazing people. And I learned a lot from them. Um, and it was after that, that the Lord gave me that conviction. And one thing that I think this also goes back to the identity piece that we were talking about is when I found myself in a lull place or a valley in my business, I thought that the answer to that was to hire another coach, go deeper and deeper and deeper into debt because they were the ones that was going to pull me out. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, and this was like in my darkest like valley of my business, like sitting there crying, like pulled up applications to go like apply to other jobs. Like, like that was like the level we were at here is that the Holy Spirit was like, you don't need another coach. Now I'm saying this as a coach, people hire me to help them with their businesses. I'm not saying bad things about coaches. I think there's a time and a place and a coach, but I think that we have to be really cautious to not idolize our mentors and put them in a position that only God should hold in our lives. God will, if it is his will, he will show you who to work with. He will line that up. And those people will also point you to Jesus. God's not going to tell you to work with a coach that is not going to point you to Jesus. Like he's again, like, like Molly was saying, we cannot be unequally yoked. So if God is telling you to work with a coach, it's probably because he also has that coach's heart and they can be trusted. So I just wanted to kind of put that little, bug in your ear. If you're wondering, I feel like I need a coach. Why do you feel that way? Is that because that's what you think you need to do? Or did the Lord tell you to do that? Do you yeah. do you think that the coach is going to be your hero? Cause I promise you they're not. There's a time <laughs> and a place for mentorship 100%, but realizing that no coach is going to take the place of the Holy spirit. And he's the one that gave you the assignment. He has all the answers. Yeah. And only if he tells you to go hire a coach, should that be your action step. So wanted to say that Molly, let's dive into the practicals here. And we put together some things that, you know, questions to ask ourselves around sales, around faith in our business. Um, If women are struggling with this, like, oh my gosh, I feel icky. I feel sleazy. I feel like pushy in my sales. We had some questions for them to ask themselves. Do you want to outline those for us? Yeah, yeah. So so I have this really awesome course. It's called The Sales Shift. And uh, one of the things that, you know, there's been valleys in my business too, where all of a sudden I just really struggle with sales. And I also notice it happens with my clients. And so it's, you know, sometimes you can have the most amazing product that has sold before, but then all of a sudden something's up. It's like nobody's purchasing. It feels like there's a wall, you know, and it feels like things aren't moving. There's no momentum. Um, and sometimes it's just the way that we're showing up in our business and just some questions that you can ask yourself to really assess like what, what is it that's going on? (laughs) Uh, Some of them are like, do you, do you actually truly believe in what you're selling? 
You know, if you're feeling sleazy and weird about your sales experience, do you actually really believe in what you're selling? Is some is there dissonance there? You know, do you believe that it's going to help somebody solve their problem? You know, or give them the tools to help solve their problem and bring them closer to their goals or whatever it is that they want to achieve. Um, do you do you really deeply believe that you're in integrity with your sales process? Do you really believe that you're in integrity as a coach, as a, an entrepreneur with your product? Do you believe that you're going to give it 110%? Um, or do you feel like, do you not feel in integrity with how you're, you're showing up? And these are really good questions because if there is dissonance here, then it's going to be really hard to... <laughs> If we're not fully sold on what we're selling, why would other people be fully sold on what we're selling, right? That's going to come across and how we show up on Instagram or how we show up on a sales conversation. And do you want to have an online coaching business? Is this something that you actually feel God has given you as an assignment? And if yes, you know, if yes, one of the most important things is just like our faith is not to be lukewarm, right? If we're, if God's given us the assignment to run a business, if he wants us to support our household, if he wants us to bring in income, if he wants us to, you know, build this business and help other people, then we need to be a hundred percent all in. We can't be like, one foot in, one foot out. And this is very common for us to do, especially in the beginning, to be like kind of lukewarm and like, I'm just testing it. But I really want to encourage you, if you are in that testing phase, then own that testing page or testing phase. Be 100% all in, you know, that you are in that testing phase and that you have a business, right? Yeah. And that you're building a business. So um, yeah, really, really assessing if you're one foot in, one foot out. And if you believe that in the product, you believe that you're in integrity, you believe that it's God's assignment for you to have this business, then own it, right? And yeah. go for it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A couple points I wanted to add to that. Um, when, when Molly and I were outlining this podcast last week, I was saying, you know, I, I'd like to give this analogy of if, if, um, you, if your neighbor gave you a spare key to their house in case of emergency, or maybe they, in case they ever lock, get themselves locked out of the house, they can just come over to your house and grab their spare key. So if you were driving home one day and you saw your neighbor locked out of their own house and you have the solution to the problem, it would be mean of you to not walk over there and offer them the solution to the problem, not offer them the key to the house is going to help them get back into their own house. It's the same thing I believe with our coaching packages. If you have the solution to somebody's problem and you know that what you have to offer is really truly going to serve that person, then I believe that you have an obligation to bring that to their attention. Now, where I feel people start to get feel uncomfortable is if they're selling something to somebody that they actually know that maybe this is not the best fit and then they're yeah. just selling it because the, the person's willing to pay. That is something that is out of integrity or at, like out like outside of integrity. It's not in integrity at all. 
And no wonder feelings are coming up of ickiness because you're selling something to someone that you you know deep inside this is actually probably not the best possible solution to them. And in that yeah. situation, what we should do instead of selling them our product is to do our best to point them in the right direction of what is going to be the best solution for them. That is yeah. another practical way that we can stay in integrity with sales in our business. If I were to add one question to the list that Molly just ran through, I would have you write down and ask yourself and take it to your prayer time. What does your relationship with money look like? How has, how, what, what, what has money looked like for you in the past in childhood? What did your parents say about money? What do you believe about money? What do you believe about people who have very little money? What do you believe about people who have a lot of money and, and really assess what your beliefs are and then take those beliefs to Christ and compare them to what does the Bible say about money? And I heard this from a pastor one time that, um, money is, he said, money is the second most talked about topic in the Bible. And I don't believe that that was an accident at all because I, I believe that God knew that so many of us were going to struggle with this and we're going to struggle with it for, for many different reasons. But I believe that, that we will be shocked in a most beautiful way. If we stopped looking to what the world says about money or what politics say about money and actually go to the word of God and I'll put below in the show notes, you guys, some scriptures that I shared in a post uh, last week, and there was probably like four to five different um, scriptures and pieces from the word that can help you get started on practical places to look for um, what the Bible says about money, but really understand because that's also going to play a factor in as well. You know, if you believe that rich people are automatically evil, then you're probably going to have something inside of you that wants to avoid having too much, what you believe is too much money in your bank account because you're afraid that that's going to make you automatically evil. So just some things to really process to bring to the Lord and to ask God to search your heart and realign beliefs around money to what he says and realizing that money is a neutral tool. It doesn't have power that the, if we use it the way that the Holy Spirit has allowed us to use it and has given it at, to us as a resource then we are going to be within his will. So, okay, Molly, let's move forward. Shame, the guilt, the feelings that people have when it comes to selling, when it comes to charging, when it comes to pricing their offers. We talked about how these are tactics from the enemy and really spiritual warfare. Can you talk a little bit about what 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 is spiritual warfare? Yeah, well, I mean, so... <laughs> Yeah, let's see, how do we define spiritual warfare? Um, yeah, I've definitely experienced a lot of spiritual warfare when I was coming out of the new age. I'm, you guys can let me know, like send me a message if you experience this, but coming out of the new age where a lot of, a lot of things in the new age are false light. A lot of them are helpful, you know, like getting healthy. That's a major theme in the new age and things like that. But they're not linked with the king. It's like the kingdom without the king, right? Jesus isn't in the center of a lot of that. And when I was coming out of the new age and I found the king or the king found me, it was like, hey, Molly, 
you know, like come over here. I got majorly attacked, like majorly attacked. And like the enemy can come in multiple different ways. I even shared something on my Instagram where I literally had like a scar over my chest and that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the enemy can also come in our mind, right? And he can tell you the enemy comes to uh, steal, kill and destroy, right? And if you are building your business on the foundation of the Lord and you've really prayed about it and you really feel that God's giving you this assignment, the enemy's going to come and, you know, try to feed you all of these lies, right? And the most important thing is going to be that we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep our eyes you know, we educate ourselves with the word of God so that we can recognize when those lies come about, you know, mm-hmm. and then we can rebuke them in the name of Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so good. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, that was the, that's the main thing is, is um, even I remember one of my clients was sharing to me that, you know, she right before she goes to sleep, she would hear this voice that was telling her like, you're alone, nobody likes you, what are you doing? And she had all of these thoughts like come up and she was like, I keep having these thoughts, like maybe I'm not actually meant to do this. Maybe I'm not actually meant to run a business. And I was like, girl, (laughs) I'm even reading the word of God. You know, that's not true. You know, you're 100% not alone. You have the Holy Spirit now that you're a believer right and those are just lies from the enemy and like sometimes the enemy can just pull us in and we can believe those lies and and can feel comfortable but if we're every day really praying in the name of jesus and rebuking those things you know like we're going to be able to recognize that those aren't actually from god god isn't going to come and try to shame us you know especially if we feel like we have this assignment you know, so it's really important or like it's trying to give us guilt. Like those types of things aren't actually from God, you know? Right. Absolutely. And, and man, spiritual warfare looks so different for some, like everybody. I mean, you know, sometimes it can show up physically, like what Molly was saying. Sometimes it's, it's thoughts in our head that in, in the coaching space, people call this imposter syndrome. The way that I explain this to my clients is imposter syndrome is the lie of the enemy that is trying to keep you from accomplishing the assignment that God gave you. Um, For some people, it is nightmares. Spiritual warfare can just look like so many different things. And essentially, you know, if you're not pursuing the Lord, the enemy doesn't really have to worry about you. You're, you're, you're under his spell. He doesn't have to really worry about you. The second that you find Jesus, the second that you also start pursuing assignments that God gave you, which are always going to be for the glory of the kingdom, that's a threat to the enemy. And the enemy is all of a sudden on high alert, trying to do anything and everything that he can to pull you back. And so many people, unfortunately, fall victim to specifically in the coaching space, the doubt. And that's probably yeah. one of the most successful tools that the enemy uses. And I say successfully, not successfully for the kingdom, but successfully for the enemy that he uses and pulls out to get you to stop pursuing the business. Doubt and fear. I'd say fear is actually probably the number one. Fear is the number one reason why businesses fail. The number one. No, like 
most businesses will probably fail more because of fear than actually people pursuing it full force. And so when Molly was saying earlier, if God is giving you the assignment for the business, own it, own it and go forth in it. Um, and you know, we could probably talk for a whole nother hour, uh, which we're not going to, <laughs> we don't have time for that, but we could talk for a whole nother hour. How do you know if it's a God idea or a you idea? Um, I have a whole nother podcast around that. You guys, how to know if something is a God idea or a you idea, but essentially, um, number one, ask for confirmation. Number two, look at the root of it. Look at the, is there fruit coming from this idea? Is it producing fruit of the spirit or is it producing sin? So we'll leave it at that so we don't go down a rabbit trail. But um, wanted to touch real quick on something. We we touched on this a lot earlier, but this was codependency with outcomes and sales in our business rather than Jesus. And that boiling back down to where is your identity? And it is so easy to believe that like more sales are going to lead to more freedom. And like, let's like address the fact that like when you, when there is more money in your bank account, sure. You may be able to, to pay off debt. You may, may be able to like go on vacation more buy this massive house, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are walking in freedom. There yeah. are, so many people that have millions or billions of dollars in their bank account and they are sad. They are frustrated. They are lonely. They're not walking in freedom. So freedom does not equate to how much money is in your bank account. Freedom is found only in Christ. And so recognize that like, yes, more money could lead to you to like pay off debt and do all these things with the money, go buy the fancy car. And those things aren't bad, but, but again, where's your identity coming from? Is it in the money or is it in Christ? And recognize that like God wants good things for you. He's not going to withhold good things for you. And like, he doesn't want you to be piled under debt. He doesn't want you to be struggling all the time. And we're also not talking about prosperity gospel. That's also a big, a big heck no, but reckon like, just go to the word, go and like, what does like God even say about money? Like it, I promise you it's going to blow your mind about what the Lord has to say around money. Um, and Molly, you can, you take, you can take this last one, looking at the motivation behind the sale. Why do you want to make the sale? Yeah. 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 Cause you know, before Jesus, came from my heart <laughs> I had a lot of codependency on money and there's a lot of that's one of the things where like Camu is saying you know be really careful with who you invest in for your business because I definitely you know would use there's so many teachings out there that like you know I used to teach them too like where you know I love money and money loves me when when you have the scripture you know it's like it's not money that's evil but it's the love of money and when Mm -hmm. we identify it and when we become codependent that that money is going to give us love that money is going to give us happiness that money is going to give us freedom yeah and if we are approaching any sort of sale from that place that's where you might be feeling a little bit out of integrity with sales because you know deep down the Holy Spirit might be convicting you that maybe you're doing it for freedom. 
maybe you're doing it for these things, but we have to remember that our identity is in Christ, our freedom is in Christ, you know, and sales are not bad, money is not bad, right? We live in the world where we use it for multiple different things, but we have to make sure that we're not coming at, when, if I make this sale, I'm gonna have more money in my bank account, then I'm gonna be more free, mm -hmm. right? And if we're approaching sales from that place, instead of this is an amazing service and product that God has helped me create, and I'm so excited to share it with this person is going to help them make their life easier. And you're in integrity with that, then that is going to come across so differently to that person. And you'll probably end up making more sales. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And doing it from that place because that other person is sensitive to and they're going to feel if you're doing it from this like pushy codependent type of place versus that you're just excited about the possibility of the product or service, you know, and that energy and that passion and that non-attachment is going to come through uh, versus needing the sale, right? When we're in, and it's so challenging because if our business is struggling, and like obviously a business when it has money <laughs> helps, right? And when it's profitable, it helps. And so, but if we're focusing more on the sale, um, I need to make this sale. We're jumping on sales. So I was like, I need to make this sale. That other person's gonna feel that and it's gonna feel repelled, you know. Yeah, so absolutely look at the root behind why do you want to make the money and for many of you it's you know I, I like to think of it as like why do I even want the money what do I want it for and um is it for good things or is it for bad things we have to understand like am I am I trying to fill a void with this money we can even idolize becoming debt free. Like it's wild because God, God tells us pay off your debt. He, he says that in the Bible, pay off your debt. But even that is something that if we're not careful, we can start idolizing that. And I got to make this sale because I got to pay off this debt. And like, that is the most important thing to me. And that is all of a sudden taking the highest priority in your life. Anything, yeah. even good things. Anything that takes a priority over Christ is wrong, even yeah. good things. Um, so I think that, again, go back to that. Why do you want the money? Is it to buy the fancy watch so you can go to your high school reunion and, and show it off to all the people that made fun of you? Or is it to glorify the Lord? Is it to, is it to honor him with it? Is it to be obedient and submitted to him with our finances. So I think this is such a good conversation. Molly, thank you for coming to the show. Will you tell people again where they can find you on Instagram? And I believe that you have something for them to talk about. Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at faith-based-biz, B-I-Z, uh, coaching, faith-based-biz coaching. And my other Instagram page is Molly Cubes. Uh, but if you're a faith-based leader, I definitely recommend that you connect with me through the faith-based biz coaching page. And 
I'm really excited because I'm working on a freebie for faith-based leaders and entrepreneurs on how to sell with soul and not sell your soul. <laughs> so we'll go a little bit deeper into some practical tools and steps that you can use if you're been feeling a little bit convicted around sales and you don't want to use some of those lust-based marketing tactics and you want to use things that you feel are really going to be supported with your faith-based values. So definitely connect with me on there and thank you so much for having me. Yes, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Again, you guys, I'll put Molly's Instagram handles down in the show notes so that you know exactly where to go find her on Instagram and then keep an eye out for her freebie that's coming out. Um, That's amazing. And um, again, thank you just so much, Molly, for being on the show. I hope that you guys got so much value out of this and we would love to hear your feedback from, from this. Whether it's DMing me or DMing Molly, we'd love to hear your thoughts after you get a chance to listen to the show. Awesome. All right, see you later.